This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, offering fuel, food, and drinks on Highway 13. Arcola Co-op, you're at home here. Today we have an update on the $4 billion Lake Diefenbaker Irrigation Expansion Project. There are three phases, and right now it's in the pre-planning design phase. The Saskatchewan Water Security Agency recently revealed an update on the project. Real Agriculture talks to grain growers of Canada and their response to Ottawa's $50 million program to help farmers upgrade their grain drying capabilities. We have an update on the private member's bill on farm trespassing. It's being heard in the Commons Agriculture Committee in Ottawa. Sask Wheat discusses control of fusarium head blight at its semi-annual meeting yesterday. Canary seed will soon fall under the Canada Grain Act. We have the latest weekly update on Saskatchewan's feeder cattle market. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain, call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank. 306-721-6667. The Saskatchewan Water Security Agency has given an update on the $4 billion Lake Diefenbaker Irrigation Expansion Project. Patrick Boyle with the Water Agency says the 10-year project is in the pre-planning design phase. We're kind of getting into the beginning of, of, of where we're headed here. And so phase one, it looks at the west side, uh, what we call the west side project. And, and there's two parts of that. And the first part being a rehabilitation. Um, there's existing canals there already, about 42 kilometers and a pump station. And so we're looking at that and, and working with uh, our team uh, of consultants with uh, Clifton Associated and Stantec Engineering and, and doing that pre-design, pre-planning stage. And, and there's also a significant government team uh, dedicated to this uh, across a number of different ministries and, and agencies. So, you know, it's quite exciting getting into the project here, kind of at the beginning stages, but it's it's moving forward. And, and you know, certainly that'll add uh, um, roughly 80,000 acres of irrigation on that on that phase, uh, phase one or project one here. And that's cost of $500 million. <clears throat> what is the time frame for that? Right now, you know, our plan is looking at doing that pre-design and pre-planning phase. And, and we'll really get to determine exactly the cost and the timing after that's done. But for the next 12 to, you know, 18 months, that's kind of where we're at. We have to do our due diligence and, and do our assessment work and, and do our engagement work with our stakeholders and, and engaging with our First Nations and uh, Métis communities. And, and that's all part of that pre-design planning phase as, as, as we work towards kind of getting this project down the road. So that's the, you've outlined phase one, but the time frame sounds like you just really aren't certain yet when it would start and end. What, what's the phase two outlook? Yeah, phase two is an expansion of 
that phase one. So further continuing that uh, west side project moving north, and that one uh, kind of moves north towards that Asquith sort of Rose Town areas, and it would add an additional 260,000 acres of irrigation. So, um, you know, that one really a lot of it gets kind of planned or or implemented based on that pre-planning design that we're doing in phase one because really phase one and phase two are connected and you have to build the pump station and things to be able to actually get water to phase two so timelines and things are informed by that and and also the cost so we're we're undergoing that work right now and and all our assessment work and uh, it's exciting and you know it's one of those a truly uh, amazing project for this province, kind of, you know, as we look at things that have been done in the past. And how much cost, and what would be the additional amount, acres of irrigation for the Phase 2? Phase 2 would be about 260,000 acres of irrigation. And and cost-wise, we're kind of looking in that $2 billion range for both of uh, Phase 1 and Phase 2. But, you know, those are are high-level estimates. We'll we'll define with more study and more work here as we get into that pre-planning, engineering, and design. What's phase three? Phase three looks at the Coppell South project, and, and, and that goes down from Buffalo Pound or down from Coppell Dam to Buffalo Pound Lake and, and, and adds roughly, you know, another 120,000 acres of irrigation. And, and, and that's, you know, forecast to be another around that $2 billion mark. So all totaled could be up to $4 billion for each three phases of the project. But, you know, that one is probably the project that would go, you know, as we look at the phases, it's the third phase in the sequential order here. Patrick Boyle is with the Water Security Agency. Coming up, he further discusses phase three of the $4 billion 10-year Lake Diefenbaker Irrigation Expansion Project. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca and Co-op Hale Insurance. They've been there for farmers for over 75 years, and they'll be there for you. The Saskatchewan Water Security Agency is offering an update on the 10-year, $4 billion Lake Diefenbaker Irrigation Expansion Project. Patrick Boyle with the Water Agency says the project is in the pre-planning design phase. In Stage 1 and 2, another 340,000 acres will be brought under irrigation from Lake Diefenbaker at a cost of $2 billion. Boyle says Stage 3 would bring water from Lake Diefenbaker to Buffalo Pound Lake with a canal along Highway 42. 100 kilometers of canal. Yeah, it's uh, it's a significant distance, and it's a, it's a large project, and you know it's going to take some time. And at the beginning here, to do all the the necessary work up front and, and get it moving, and and go from you know kind of that conceptual phase to to really at the end of the day construction. So, but you know we've got a lot of work to do uh, in advance of that, and stakeholder engagements and our assessment work, and it'll be uh, an interesting journey. But at the end of the day, this is this is truly a Saskatchewan project uh, built by the people of this province for the benefit of everyone across Saskatchewan. And getting that final third phase, I see there's also possibility of power generation because there's water going down, downhill. Well, you know, kind of one of the things we're looking at this whole project in terms of is innovation and what can be done. I mean, you you really don't know until you get into it and, and start looking at some of those preliminary and, and pre-planning design and engineering to, to see what is possible in, in the whole scope of the project. But I see, you know, one report indicates you could generate as much as 6.2 megawatts of power, but it would be only temporary as water wouldn't be flowing perennially. 
Yeah, it, you know, there's there, there, there's some conversation there. Are we at a point where we could confidently say that? Not yet. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't wouldn't say that, but certainly we're we're looking at all sorts of innovation for the whole project. And this final phase three would add how much for acres of irrigation? It's about 120,000 acres would be from that Coppell Dam on the south side of uh, Lake Diefenbaker down to Buffalo Pound in that corridor there. What's the big vision here? You're hoping to add uh, a lot more irrigated acres and uh, expand the province's economy. Yeah, really, this project is going to add somewhere between 40 to $80 billion to the GDP of over the next number of years and a significant amount of construction jobs over the next 10 years. And, and, and really, at the end of the day, we're talking about food security for Saskatchewan and, and the country. And um, that, that vision of, of where Lake Diefenbaker was and where it came from, you know, we're looking for the next 40, 50 years of, of what does the province look like. And you think in terms of today when you buy your groceries and, and where they come from, and, and that could say Outlook Saskatchewan. Patrick Boyle is with the Water Security Agency. This segment has also been brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau last week announced a $50 million program aimed at helping farmers upgrade grain dryers to reduce emissions. And uh, this is something that was originally announced back in uh, the federal budget back in March. But uh, these uh, details, or at least some details in the beginning of the application process, was announced last week by the Federal Ag Minister. Joining us to uh, discuss this announcement and uh, and some other topics as well, we're pleased to welcome Aaron Gowerlich, Executive Director of Grain Growers of Canada, back to uh, Real Ag Radio. And uh, Aaron, why don't we start with the Grain Dry Program. Your thoughts on uh, the $50 million initiative that was uh, announced by Minister Bibeau last week? I think it's, it's a good first step, and I think we had an opportunity. That was, of course, the $50 million that was announced as part of the $165 million that have been set aside for this agricultural clean technology program. And so that $50 million, we know, can be used either to retrofit an existing grain dryer to make that grain dryer more efficient or to purchase a new grain dryer. I, I do have to thank the federal government. They did reach out to grain growers in advance of the announcement and did seek some feedback from us in terms of you know, how we could incentivize some of our farmer members to take advantage of this funding. And what we learned through an initial survey that we did with some of our members was that a lot of them had recently purchased um, new grain dryers or, or, or made retrofits to their existing dryers. So I, I don't know to what extent you'll see a significant amount of uptake for, for retrofit of, of what are likely already some pretty efficient grain dryers, but I think that the majority of respondents indicated that if they were in need of a new grain dryer, they would certainly take advantage of this program to help offset the significant cost of purchasing one, and, and in so doing, with a newer dryer, be, be a little more efficient. 
The, the criteria, the main criteria from what we understand from Minister Bebo's office is that these dryers simply must be more efficient or, or from an energy, uh, from an emissions perspective, that they would have reduced emissions versus the, the status quo. Do you, uh, do you feel that's clear enough or that it's going to be a, a simple enough process to appeal to, to producers to sign up to incentivize adoption of more efficient drying equipment? I think that's in terms of process and how straightforward it will be, that's yet to be determined. Um, so I think it's a good question. It's a fair question. But I think based on the feedback we were seeing, too, is that grain dryers are being designed now. Modern grain dryers are as efficient as as they can be. And so I think the, in, the incentive there will be if you're operating with an older piece of equipment and purchasing a new grain dryer is going to offer greater efficiency, then this is going to help, this is going to help offset the cost. We had the chance last week to also ask Minister Bibo about uh, a related topic or, or development, and that is uh, the commitment that sh her and uh, the Environment and Climate Change Minister Jonathan Wilkinson have made to uh, offer rebates for the carbon tax or the price on pollution paid for fuels used for grain drying. Any uh, any update on, on that front? Minister Bibo kind of, she indicated that they're still in talks and that uh, that will be an announcement down the road, but no update at this time. No, that was outlined in, in Budget 2021, and I believe that's where um, it was estimated that, that farmers who, who reside in the backstop jurisdiction, so in Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Ontario, would would be eligible to receive up to $100, $100 million in, in, in the first year. And then, of course, the returns in future years are going to be based on the proceeds from, from the carbon tax collected in the prior in the prior fiscal year, and that's going to increase over time as the price on pollution increases. So that was that that was their plan, and that continues to be their plan. You know, of course, we are at Grain Growers of the View, along with with many, if not all, of our our, our national partners on this. Um, we're, we're in support of MP Philip Lawrence's private members bill, Bill C two hundred six, which is one we hope we'll see uh, we'll, we'll cross the finish line, and and this is, if you recall, an exemption for the agriculture sector because we believe that if you recognize that the cost is unfair, if you recognize that the cost is significant, then let's reduce a significant amount of red tape where the only people who are going to profit from that process will be the accountants who have to process those applications. And let's just ensure that farmers and ranchers across the country are exempt. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, windies 20, gusting to 40, the high 21, the low 12. Thursday, mainly cloudy, 60% chance of showers or thunderstorms tomorrow. Wind southeast 20, gusting to 40, increasing to 40, gusting to 60. The high Thursday, 25, the low 15. Friday, cloudy, 70% chance of showers. Windy, the high 18, the low 11. Saturday, sunny, the high 24, the low 12. Sunday, sunny, the high 28, the low 15. Monday, sunny, the high 33, the low 17. Tuesday, sunny, the high 33. Normal high for this date, 23 degrees. The normal low is 9. 
Sun rose at 4.48 this morning. It sets at 9.08 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Estevan at 24. The cold spot up north, south end, at 10 degrees. Estevan once again, 24. Saskatoon, 17. Swift Current, 15. Weyburn, 22. Yorkton is 20. Regina, cloudy and 17. That's 63 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north-northeast to 23. Humidity is 78%. The barometer rising, 101.8. Cloudy and Moose Jaw, 17. Winds are from the north-northeast to 21. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 17. That's 63 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. The Commons Agriculture Committee is continuing to hear from various speakers as it reviews Bill C-205. That's the private member's bill introduced by Alberta Tory MP John Barlow to amend the Health of Animals Act and stems from an incident more than a year ago in southern Alberta. That's when dozens of protesters illegally entered a turkey barn near Fort McLeod and started making demands. The bill would tighten regulations concerning unauthorized entrance onto farms and also substantially increase fines for anyone who does. Darren Ference is with Turkey Farmers of Canada and Farms in southern Alberta. He spoke to the committee about the incident near Fort McLeod and the impact it had on the family that lives there. About one and a half years ago, a farmer in Alberta entered his barn to find over 30 individuals from an activist organization had broken in. Additionally, the activists had made sure that the RCMP and press were called and were on site. This is a huge, it was a huge shock to the farmer. Imagine if you woke up in the morning to find a group of strangers sitting at your kitchen table or showed up to work and had them sitting all around your office on the floor. Despite being on private property and breaching biosecurity protocols, the group demanded turkeys be released to them before they would leave. The turkey farmer handled the situation well, being open and honest and pointed out to the on-farm programs in place for the welfare of birds. However, the situation was difficult for both the farmer and the turkeys in his care and points to the absolute importance of this bill. Break-ins not only breach the farm biosecurity, they negatively in fact impact the farmers and their farm families and have ramifications on their feeling of safety and well-being. Canadian turkey farmers take a great care to ensure the humane treatment of our turkeys while providing safe, high-quality food to consumers. During the question-and-answer session, Ference was asked how passage of the bill would help the mental health of farmers. The stress that a farmer has uh, having all these people come in, and, and it's like invading your home or your, uh, your place of business. Uh, your home is your private place. Our farms are our private place, no different than your home. And if you have 30 people sitting there uh, demanding uh, certain pieces out of there, it is very stressful and it's very stressful to deal with it. and our animals are part uh they're they're actually like part of us so when the, when the animals become stressed we're also stressed and and this would help improve it 
That's Darren Ferentz with the Turkey Farmers of Canada. An integrated strategy is required for fusarium head blight management in wheat in Durham. Dr. Randy Kutcher with the University of Saskatchewan made the following comments during the Sask Wheat semi-annual meeting yesterday. Start with clean seed, possibly even a seed treatment uh, to be sure that you're getting the crop off to a good start. Follow a diverse rotation. I firmly believe the more diverse the rotation, the better off we are generally. Unfortunately, we don't have resistant varieties in all wheat classes, but the CWRS, the hard reds, are getting pretty good. You know, under in a severe year like 2016, I'm sure you'll still find fusarium ahead light, but uh, <clears throat> maybe not as bad as you would have 20 years ago. Scout for the uh, disease and apply based on risk rather than routine application. So, you know, I hear quite a few growers say, you know, I just spray pretty much every year now. I don't think too hard about it, but uh, that does increase the risk that the fungicide will become ineffective if we're using them uh, continuously. Only a recommended number of treatments, which so far I think is one for most growers. We think an integrated approach to manage this disease is uh, the best thing to do, probably the most economically beneficial and stable. Unfortunately, we can not spray our way out of it. Um, fungicides are one tool, but they're all for suppression. Nobody's saying you're going to control the disease, even with a well-timed fungicide. You need to couple that with a, a better variety, or as good a variety as you can get for resistance and hopefully use a reasonably diverse crop rotation to manage the disease. Timely application will improve things uh, as opposed to say spraying too early or too late, but it's really suppression, it's not control. Upping the seeding rate might be beneficial, especially for crop staging and, and hopefully getting most of that fungicide on most of those heads when they're at the critical stage. And we haven't seen evidence of fungicide insensitivity yet, but uh, We'll be on the lookout to make sure that uh, we'll let you know if, if things change. So combine a diverse rotation, resistant cultivars, and fungicide when warranted, uh, most efficacious way to deal with the disease. Dr. Randy Kutcher is a professor at the University of Saskatchewan College of Agriculture and Bioresources. He was a presenter at the Sasquheat semi-annual meeting yesterday. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And SMHI, Municipal Hail Insurance, three tiers of stackable hail insurance. Contact an agent or visit us online at municipalhail.ca. Storms are unpredictable, Municipal Hail isn't. There was mainly sideways movement for feeder cattle prices across Saskatchewan this past week. Acting Provincial Cattle Specialist Natasha Wilkie says there was limited price reporting for several weight classes of feeder cattle. Well, we saw some some limited price reporting, I guess, for the feeder steers again. But prices were reported for three out of the seven feeder steer weight categories. So we've got the 500 to 600 pound weight category and at the week averaging $227 per hundred weight. The 600 to 700 pound weight category ending the week averaging $211.50 per hundred weight. And the last report weight category was in the 700 to 800 pound weight category. It ended the week averaging $196.79 per hundred weight. And we compare these prices to the week ending May 14th, which was our last reported week. Um, they were mainly lower with the exception of the heaviest reported weight category. And so we move on to Saskatchewan's feeder heifers. They had prices reported for most of their weight classes. So the prices ranged from $199.75 per hundred weight for the 400 to 500 pound weight category down to $160 
per hundred weight for the 800 plus pound weight category. When we look at price comparisons there, we had one for the 600 to 700 pound weight category, saw a large price increase with prices going up $5.25 per hundred weight to end the week averaging $179.25. And the 700 to 800 pound weight category also had a price, small price decrease, I guess, with prices going down $1.04 per hundred weight to end the week averaging $169.13. So what are the factors affecting these market prices? Well, we just we saw some sideways movement, I guess. We still have that really strong Canadian dollar and the, and the high feed barley prices. They're limiting, you know, prices from moving up a whole bunch. But then, thankfully, we've got the choice beef cut of value. It's, it's providing some support for those live cattle prices, which then provides support for the feeder market. So that's, that's helping prices push prices up. And what were marketings? So Canfax reported a total of 5,514 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan last week. That's up quite a bit from the 2015 head marketed the previous week and higher than the 3,980 head marketed during the same week in 2020. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? So we saw an upwards trend there as well for the price for Alberta fed steers. It, it went up. It was reported at $164.32, and so that went up $0.90 cents per hundred weight. When we look at the prices of live non-fed cattle in Alberta, they were mixed with the price of D2 slaughter cows going up by $1.04 per hundred weight to average $102.75 per hundred weight, while the price of D3 slaughter cows slipped a bit, $1.15 per hundred weight from the previous week to average $88.60 per hundred weight. Natasha Wilkie compiles the weekly feeder cattle market report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork. Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more, visit saskpork.com. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading today. Canola fell $26.50 at 7.2027. Yellow peas dropped $18.38 at 3.37.76. Number one red spring wheat went down 9.68 at 3.09.89. The rest were unchanged. Durham 317.83, feed barley 264.65, flax 701.94, lentils 760.50, oats 216.53, feed wheat 238.84. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, spring wheat fell 25 cents at 746 and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest Livestock Quotes. Assiniboia Livestock had a regular cow and bull sale on June 2nd. Prices are holding steady. From our last sale, we saw a small drop in heiferets. Heiferets sold from 120 to 135. D1 and D2 cows sold from 98 to 110. DTV cows sold from 50 to 75 cents, and counter cows sold from 14 to 40 cents. Slaughter bulls sold from 109 to 127. This is Jordan Stevens with the Cinnaboya Livestock Market Report. Have a great ranching day. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, and this is for both the SIG4 Brandon plant and the BP4 Moose Jaw plant, it's $244.53 per CKG. 
Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. Nutrien has unveiled a portfolio approach to its North American Carbon Pilots Incentive Program. Nutrien has announced a partnership with a wide range of companies to provide incentives to farmers to adopt sustainable agricultural practices through creation of a verified carbon asset. A diverse set of actions will be deployed for a variety of crops and climate zones to improve nitrogen management and soil health for positive carbon outcomes. Strong interest from farmers resulted in the enrollment of more than 200,000 pilot acres in Nutrien's carbon program, exceeding the initial 100,000-acre target to adopt carbon-positive farming practices. In Canada, pilots are built around government protocols for farm carbon offsets in the compliance market. Farmers in Saskatchewan, Alberta and Manitoba will work with Nutrien to improve carbon performance through nitrogen management and conservation tillage. In the U.S., Nutrien grower customers in 15 states will generate carbon assets for purchase by a broad base of farm and non-agricultural buyers. On the markets... The TSX is down 41 points at 20,024. The Dow has fallen 49 points at 34,550. Oil is down 28 cents at 69.77 a barrel. And the Canadian dollar is up two one-hundredths of a cent at 82.57 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.